You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to weareredwood.org. We hope that the message that you're about to hear will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. I want you to take your Bibles, and I want you to turn to two different places. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter number 6, and I want you to turn to Philippians chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 6 and Philippians chapter number 4. I have the last two weeks and was appreciative of, again, as I said earlier, uh, JV speaking last week, uh, but the last two weeks uh, I have been doing a lot of reading and studying on the topic of anxiety and the topic of worry. And uh, I believe that um, the next several weeks as we... I'm going to start a new series entitled Warring with Worry or Anxiety, however you want to put it. Uh, When the Bible says, be careful for nothing, be anxious for nothing, worry uh, for nothing, but warring with it. In other words, you and I, we're going we're gonna to fight um, this, th- this idea of worry. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to look all on your own at the beginning, and I want you to begin to read on your own Matthew 6, 25 through 34. All right, this is totally different. It's going to be quiet as you... As you read Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Everybody get through most of that? So let me ask you a question. If you are going to worry, is it, is it somewhat acceptable if at least it's about basic life necessities instead of maybe luxuries? What do you think? 
Do you think it's acceptable to worry about basic life necessities instead of maybe like the luxuries and things like that? What would your, what would your answer be to that, to that question if? Human perspective, yes, but overall, no. Okay. Good. Anyone else? What is Jesus saying here? What are some of the things that Jesus mentions in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount? So would that be basic or would that be a luxury? I love food, don't you? Mm, Listen, John and Jenna, they had Susie cakes last night. Glory. If any of you are planning on getting married in the future, have Susie cakes. Uh, super, super good food. What else was mentioned? What's that? Drink. Oh, is that basic or luxury? Basic. What else is mentioned? Raiment. Okay, clothes, right? It's old school word for clothes, right? Is that basic or luxury? What did you say? All right, it's, it's basic, right? Praise God for the basic necessity of clothes this morning with us all in here, right? How, how horrific that would be. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so basic. So let me, so those are the things that Jesus is saying, you know, be careful for, you know, like, or, you know, don't worry about those types of things and, you know, give no thought, which means it's, you know, you're not, you're not constantly pondering and worrying about these things. So let me ask you a question again. If, if we're going to worry, is it? okay to worry about just the basic necessities instead of the luxuries. For example, often Christians will be like, well, I'm not really worried about, you know, the, the, the vast necessity or the, the luxuries. I only worry about the necessities. What is Jesus saying here? Should you worry about those things, yes or no? No, we shouldn't. So let me ask you a question. What are some cause, what causes people anxiety? What are some things out there if you want to be specific with yourself, you can, but if not, then just be general. What are some things that people worry about and are anxious about? Housing. Okay. All right. Yeah, people worry about that. What else? Career, job. Can you be more specific, Christy? What do they worry so much about with that? Yeah, so that, I mean, that would kind of filter down to a lot of different things, though, right? About providing? What else? What are some of the things that people are anxious and worry about? I don't know. Normally, I just talk in this time, and so, but you can talk back. It's good. Paying the bills. Money. What else? Cars. Family. Health, love, do we worry about love, relationships, do we worry about how we're perceived by other people constantly, right? Things that we worry about. What causes you or people to lose sight 
maybe if it's even only temporarily, of God's sovereign control and care. When your health fails, maybe. When finances tighten. When relationships begin to go in a direction maybe where you had not planned out or thought. Right? There's a lot of different things. Fractured families. Crippling financial debt. Political strife. Rampant violence and immorality. Volatile economies. Countries in turmoil. Unstable job security and an unemployment epidemic. Widespread hunger. Catastrophic weather events. Poor health. Uncertain futures. Religious persecutions. In almost any direction you look today, there are some issues that can cause you to worry. We live under a constant tidal wave of bad news. It's a 24-hour news cycle that is just perpetually putting it before you. And now we have smart devices that are constantly notifying you as well. Even if you're not searching for it, uh, there isn't a Sunday of the world where when I turn my notifications back on, I don't get multiple things from the different news outlets that I, um, you know, are ascribed to. And so, uh, the, the bad news is all around us. But you and I, we should not be surprised with that because you and I live in such a sinful, broken world. And so, much in light of that bad news, it's easy sometimes to forget what uh, the Apostle Paul commands us. Look in Philippians 4 there. Hopefully, uh, you found that uh, passage as well. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let verse 4, Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing. Worry for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest and just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So the potential for anxiety abounds. It certainly multiplies if you uh, exponentially if you have children or if you have grandchildren. You begin to wonder what type of world are they going to uh, grow up in? What, what are we leaving behind? What kind of religious persecution will my children, when they are the ones that have the voice, so to speak, what, what's it going to be like? These are the things that I think about. Uh, if my uh, son ever wanted to be a pastor or ever wanted to be someone that, uh, that publicly preaches the gospel, what will the world look like in you know, whatever, 20 years or so when, when he's doing that? Uh, what opportunities will they have and how will they pay for the mistakes that previous generations have made? I mean, these things are the stuff that can keep you up you know, at night. Uh, however, that's not what the Lord wants for you. Believers live, but believers' lives are not meant to be filled with sleepless nights, with panic attacks, with crippling anxiety. We know God is in sovereign control. We would say that, 
and even down to the smallest of details, and we should rest in His constant care for His people and for us. But we know that, but we often do not live out of that reality. And so over the coming weeks, I pray that uh, if you are in town and you're able, that you will come and you will learn along with me uh, about uh, just some practical ways to conquer this anxiety, to literally war with it in your life, and to trust in God through even the most dire circumstances. So I've entitled the first lesson here uh, this morning, and again, I'm still kind of crafting what this, uh, what this series will uh, look like. At the end of this morning, I'll give you a few uh, ideas of where we're going to be headed, but we're starting off with overwhelmed by anxiety. Anxiety, fear, worry, and stress. Those are all familiar words in our day, and they're familiar experiences by many and all of us in this room. And more and more, we're hearing of extreme forms of anxiety that are in the form of anxiety or a panic attack. What was rare and an extreme example of anxiety has become frightening and common in our society. Panic attacks are usually related to an unfounded fear. One so overwhelming or so overpowering that it, clutch, that it cl- clutches a person's heart, that it makes it beat faster, that it produces chills or perspiration, and the person feels completely unable to cope with the moment. Anxiety, they say, feels like a weight. It has been described as a feeling of tripping. In other words, when, when you trip, you don't know if you're going to be able to catch yourself or if you're going to go stumbling down to the ground. Or, maybe you've experienced this, um, us guys or you ladies will do it kind of in a different way, you reach for your wallet and it's not there, right? It's like, oh, that, just that, that crippling fear, that's been described as a, you know, just kind of what the beginning forms of kind of what a panic attack feels like. Listen, according to the National Institution of Mental Health, Anxiety is now the most common mental health disorder in the United States. Almost one-third of both kids and adults are affected by it. Part of the problem of anxiety with our youth is that most of, the, most of us adults view it as a part of everyday life. Eh, that's not a big deal. That's what we tell them. And when we tell them that, guess what? It just produces more anxiety in their life because they don't think we understand what they're going through. Ah, hey, hey, this is just what it means to grow up. Just to live in this state of anxiety. And I quote, an American Psychiatric Association, a diagnostic and a statistical manual of mental disorders. Listen, I'll read it slowly. Fear is the emotional response to real or, per, or perceived threat. Whereas anxiety is ante- anticipation of future threat. Obviously, these two states overlap, but they also differ. With fear more often associated with surges of autonom- or, or, or autonomic arousal necessary for fight or flight, 
thoughts of immediate danger and escape behaviors, which are good, but anxiety more often associated with muscle tension and vigilance in preparation for future danger and cautious or avoidant behaviors. That's really wordy. Let me just put it this way. Anxiety is the overestimation of danger and the underestimation of our ability to cope. Okay, I don't mind being very honest with you here this morning. Yesterday afternoon, I was extremely anxious. My whole neck and all of my shoulders, and I don't normally live like this, were just like rock hard tense. And you want to know why? Because I didn't feel like I was adequate to perform a wedding. I've done multiple of them. I get it. But what I mean is, is it's like, this is their day. They have poured thousands of dollars into something like this. And you know, and they've invited family and they've and they've done all this kind of stuff and they and they've they've rented this beautiful location and man was it beautiful. And it's like, and they're relying upon me that I can read my iPad. Man, on Thursday night my iPad got so hot it almost shut down on me and I had such fears that that would happen. Like, you know, and that's, you know, I don't, you know, I should probably go back to paper. I get it. But, you know, I'm just, I'm an iPad guy. And so I just literally, my, my iPad on Thursday night warned me overheating. If you have one or if you have an iPhone, you know that it does that. I was like, Lord, do not let that happen on Friday night. I mean, it's just, or Saturday night. It's just key. And so literally it was taking a long time. I was, I was a little frustrated. It was taking a long time for all the wedding party you know, to, to line up there. And uh, if anybody was out in the stands watching me, you might have seen me go like this. And I closed my iPad and I just did one of these because I just did, I was, it was just getting super, super hot. And so then I rolled it back up. But just, I was so anxious. I was so worried. Why? Because I don't want to mess up. You say, oh, that's pride. For sure. Absolutely. But I, it was like, it, it was their special day. And as I was, as I was conducting this this wedding, I mean, literally, it was just like just rock hard and it just hurt like crazy because I was so anxious, if I can kind of apply it to, I underestimate the ability to cope with the situation. And so the problem is real. And like literally, as soon as it was over and my job was over and as soon as the pictures were over, it's just, hey, let's have fun. It's just, it's, it was all gone. But it's real, and it does not seem to be going away, this problem in our society. And so how do we help our children deal with what is, it, deal with it as well as ourselves? Is the rise of anxiety in children real, and it's massive in our country, or are they just identifying as anxious because they do not know how to cope with everyday stress? And so how does the good news of the life, death, and the resurrection and the ascension of Christ, how does, it, how does it impact our anxious hearts? Questions abound, and I desire to, uh, to use these weeks to help with this. And so you and I, we need solid biblical answers in gospel truth to inform this part of our lives. So anxiety, let me say this, at its core is an inappropriate response in light of the circumstances. It is very different from the cares and concerns in life that causes people to attend to business in a responsible way. 
stress and pressure, they're not the enemies. Stress, stress and pressure of life is not the enemies. In fact, they are good things, strengthening us to accomplish the challenges that God sets before us in life. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11. I'm trying to kind of lay the foundation for uh, the rest of this series, and hopefully it'll become a little bit more fluid, but I just want to kind of want to give us some of this, this distinction between stress and anxiety. Uh, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to uh, the church at Philippi, uh, he was under some heavy stress. Okay? He was under some heavy situations. They were unrelenting. There were some external pressures. Obviously, he was in a prison as he wrote the book of Philippians, but really before that, I mean, he had to face all kinds of things. Persecution, hardships, imprisonment, mentioned that. He also had to take care of the daily internal pressures of the church. Look at verse number 28 of 2 Corinthians 11. There's a whole list of things, but then verse 28, beside those things of shipwreck, being in the uh, in the ocean overnight, those types of things, being whipped by a cat of nine tails multiple times. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So in spite of what he was going on, he had room in his heart to, to feel what was going on in the church, to feel the, uh, the, <clears throat> the anxiety of others. And he went on to write, look at verse 29, who is weak, and I am not weak. Who is offered or offended, and I burnt not. In other words, he's saying, hey, hey, you all, you, you all are struggling. I've gone through all of this. He goes through the list there. I probably should have read that. And he said, above all this, the care of the people. I'm engaging with people, people that, people that are weak. But he's saying, but he, is, but he is strong. And Paul is basically saying, he's like, hey, listen, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way. In fact, the kind of response to pressure is what Paul was looking for in those who would serve with him. He's commanded to Timothy to the Philippian church, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. 1 Corinthians 4.17 says, For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. And so anyone who needs and loves Jesus Christ is capable, excuse me, knows and loves Jesus Christ is capable of handling pressure. So the wrong way to handle the stresses of life is to worry about them. You Turn back to Matthew 6, please. You read these verses. Hopefully, this will become a clearer picture. Pressure and stresses of life, a hard job. Listen, that's not a bad thing. Long hours. We live, in a, we live in a world today, man, we want to work like four days a week. You know, in the parables, it's amazing how Jesus, when it talks about how they went out and they worked in the fields for 12 hours, right? And then... Someone comes in, what's the last one? They work just a couple hours and they get the same amount, right? 
It's like, but Jesus wasn't bemoaning the person that worked a 12-hour day. I realize there's, you know, there's some studies and things like that, and we shouldn't just work ourselves to death. I, I get that. But listen, the grind of the Bay Area, you don't have to worry about that. Look at verse number 25 of Matthew 6. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Or, well, here's what, here's what Jesus is saying. He's like, don't be anxious. Don't worry about it. Don't constantly obsess what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Look at verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or Wherewithal shall we be clothed? Look at verse number 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for itself. Things of itself, sufficient unto the day, is the evil thereof. And then Paul, of course, later in Philippians 4, says be anxious for what? Nothing. So Jesus was very specific about things. And then Paul alludes, hey, I don't want you to be anxious over anything. I don't want you to worry about anything. Worry at any time is a sin because it violates the clear commands of Scripture. And so, listen to me. Listen very careful to this statement. We allow our daily concerns to turn into worry, which that worry is what becomes sin. Not, the, not so much the daily concern. We allow our daily concerns to turn into worry when our thoughts become focused on changing the future instead of doing our best to handle our present circumstances. Jesus said, sufficient unto the day, the evil thereof. Okay, And so when you and I, we've got to understand, when you and I will just live in our present circumstances, what you and I somewhat can control, the present ones. For the, you know, I, I realize that we have no clue what's going to happen today. I get that. But, but, but this, is all that, this is all that you can see right now. But what happens is, is we're constantly looking to the future. What did Jesus say? Give us this day our daily bread. You and I, we don't understand that concept. We go to Costco and we're like set for weeks. Amen? I mean, it's brutal. Like, I, I, I got to... We started to get healthier in our eating, praise the Lord. But man, before we'd go there and we get all those salad packs, every one of them would rot. You want to get so big, right? You get the big old thing of spinach. Who can eat that much spinach, right? And this is what we understand. We go there and you know we buy a big old bag of frozen chicken and it can last us you know weeks, right? But give us this day our daily bread. There was a far more back in the Bible day of a a daily walk, a daily necessity of what God would do them. And so you and I, what does the Bible say? The eyes of the fool are in the ends of the earth. Now, does that mean that we don't plan? No. Does that mean that, you know, like a savings account is wrong? No. Because there's other principles in Scripture where that is absolutely healthy. But listen to me, if I am, I've not coined this term, and I don't even know if I'm going to say it right, but if we're borrowing trouble today on whatever tomorrow's problems or whatever that saying is, that is worrying. We're constantly worried about what's going to happen tomorrow and what's going to be my health and this and that. Listen, do what you can today for your health. Do what you can today for 
you know, for financial things and things like that. And so we, we've got to be careful. We allow our daily concerns to turn into worry when our thoughts become focused on changing the future instead of doing our best to handle our present circumstances. Future thoughts like that, they're unproductive. They end up controlling us. They end up causing us to neglect other responsibilities and relationships. Can I park here just for a second? If we're so obsessed with some of those future things, some of the things that were mentioned that, 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 that a lot of times people, people worry about, then if we're not careful, we will neglect our daily responsibilities. We will neglect the, uh, you know, the, the, the shaping of the lives that are around us. And so we've got to be, we, we've got to be careful. And so what will happen is, is once we begin to neglect those kind of daily responsibilities and relationships, then we begin to legitimately have feelings of guilt. And if we do not deal with those feelings in a productive manner by getting back on track with our duties in life, we will lose hope and instead of, find, instead of finding answers. Anxiety left unresolved can debilitate one's mind and body and even lead to panic attack. And I'm particularly concerned about this, the solutions that are out there for the problem of anxiety. All you got to do is go to a local Christian bookstore, really even you could go to Barnes & Noble, and the, the topic that is about anxiety and stress and you know, those different types of things in the evangelical publishing world, it's rather telling. What it often is, is it's some formula. Well, if you'll do this, and you'll do this, and you'll do that, or it's some psychological um, in orientation, it contains a lot of wonderful stories, but not a lot of Scripture. And so over the next, I don't know how many weeks this is going to take, I don't know how long this personal study of mine, and trust me, I, there's a reason why we're doing this study. Not so much because maybe you need it. Right? There's a lot. There's many, many, many books I purchased in the last uh, three, four weeks for, for me. I described what happened just last night, and it's just this, it's, it's just this overarching type of uh, just kind of attack on me. And so we want to we get into Scripture uh, in the weeks to come. We don't want to just rip verses out of its context and things like that that so often happens, but we want to get biblical truth to how can we, um, how can we conquer these types of things. And so some of the areas that I'd like to, or I'd like us to kind of go down towards. So next week, I think we're going to kind of talk about the effects. What are the effects of when you and I begin to uh, have an anxious life? Again, try to differentiate between the pressures of life, all right, from just where we're constantly worrying and anxious about everything. And then we're going to look at an idea of how how does God care for us? How does God care for you? How does He care for me? And then we're going to look about like, you know, faith versus faith versus worry. And what is the proper focus of a Christian look like? And, you know, when the Bible says, casting all your care upon Him for He careth for you, what does that actually look like? What are the, what are the practical implications of a passage like that? We'll often hear that out there. Hey, just cast your care upon the Lord. And then we're like, yeah, okay, well, how do I do that, right? And so we want to just kind of flesh that out uh, a little bit. And then 
I want to end with the biblical truth that you and I can live at peace no matter what. And I'm not saying that I can, I practice that all the time, please, not at all. But you and I, we actually can live in peace no matter what. And so here's what I'm going to do. This is, this is kind of crazy. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out your worship guide, okay? Get out your worship guide. Just humor me, even if you're not going to write anything down. Just humor me. It was awesome. Uh, Al just walked into the back there. Hey, Al, how you doing? Tell us how old you are, sir. How old are you, sir? 92, still in church. Love it. But his, his church back in Pennsylvania, before he moved here, uh, every once in a while, I, I'll get on early morning Facebook, and he and I will kind of, he watches the whole service. I, I can, of course, and I'll, I'll watch a few hours. And the pastor back in Pennsylvania was uh, teaching today on worry. And I thought, wow, isn't that, isn't that amazing? So, but take out your worship guide, take out a pen, okay? Take out a pen, and here, here's what I want you to do. This week, so kind of kind of write down my instructions. You say, I can't believe you're going to give me homework. I'm an adult. It's okay. It's not too much pressure, I promise. All right, don't worry. You don't have to turn it in next week. It's not going to get graded, I promise you. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to write out what is your heart's preoccupation. What do you often think about? Write it down. This week, don't, you don't have to do, you don't have to do it this morning. But just let me add to your pressure. Let me add to your plate this week. Write out what, what preoccupies your heart and your thoughts. And then I want you to think about, are you more concerned with the kingdom of God or the kingdom of, or the things of this world? That's like every message in Mark, and we're going to go right back to it again today. But so as you're, as you're writing things down of what preoccupies your heart, then what I want you to do is I want you to kind of look at that and be like, is it more kingdom of God oriented? Or is it more things of this world? And I just, I'm not going to look at it, I promise. It's between you and God. And if you don't do it, I, I, I'm not going to judge you. I promise, I won't even know. But just be honest with yourself. And then after that, there's the third thing. So the second thing is just like, yeah, you kind of evaluate. Mm. Then the, the third thing I want you to do, I want you to make a list of the different things you do during the week. What preoccupies off in your mind? And by the way, if it's work, that, that's, that's a very, very, very good thing. Okay? Um, please don't feel like, oh, well, that's not kingdom-minded. Oh, it absolutely should be kingdom-minded. Absolutely, 100% should be kingdom-minded. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You do that through your work by being honest and, you know, being just, just on time, those types of things. And then as you think, what occupies off in your mind? They'd be like, all right, is it kingdom-minded or is it kind of this world-driven? And then you would list what are the things that you do with your time? And uh, then pray about it. Say, God, what do you, what do you want me, what, what do you want to show me uh, here in this list? Because 
I did that this week, and I'm not going to show you mine, okay? Because I don't want to see yours. I did that this week. And you know, the Holy Spirit, he, he, he really pricked my heart on a couple things. There was a lot of, there was a lot of this world stuff that in and of itself is not wrong, but if it was like creeping into maybe where God would want me to be doing something else, and the Holy Spirit began to say, hey, I'd like for you to work on this area. The Holy Spirit told me to work on two different areas this week. I'm praying that God will just speak to your heart. Just, let, let's just do it, because honestly, we do give a lot of mental capacity about things that, number one, don't ever really happen. <laughs> we worry about a whole lot of stuff that never, that, that, that never really happened, and uh, I, I believe that uh, God will continue to work in our heart. And so what are you thinking about? Because Solomon told us in Proverbs, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so is what, what, is, what is driving our lives often is what we are thinking about. And so let's make sure as we kind of go through the study that we're, uh, that we're thinking biblically. I think we need to shatter the modern misconceptions. I think we need to realign our thinking on anxiety with what God says about it in His Word. And that's my desire over these, over these weeks. You pray for me as I continue to uh, study and um, to, uh, to learn and um, that, that, that the Lord will kind of uh, help us. I've kind of got some areas that I'd like to, like to go in and a lot, a lot of study to do it, but uh, my prayer is that it will be a blessing to us. Let's have a word of prayer and then we will uh, prepare for our 11 o'clock service. Lord, we thank you.